Hi and welcome to the Gridirons of Europe podcast. My name is Andre and with me today is my good pal Usai. Hi, my name is Usai. I'm a 20-year-old D-lineman from Kehuansta Predators. Yeah, and my name is Andre. I'm 24 and I also play for the Kehuansta Predators. Uh, personally, I've played a variety of positions throughout my career, but most recently I've played tight end and some defensive line. I've also been active as a coach at both the U17 and U19 levels, which also includes winning a U19 national championship as an offensive coordinator in 2020. Ain't that right, aside? Yes. We had quite the season. It was your last year U19. We had a lot of fun that year. Uh, yeah. And that's part of our experience. I've personally played since 2006 and coached since 2015. How long have you played aside? I've, I have been playing for 10 years, since 2012. Yeah, so we've got quite the football uh, acumen in this pod, uh, hosted by us. In And in this pod, in this podcast, we're going to discuss... Uh, football in Europe at different levels. We plan on discussing the ELF, the European League of Football. Uh, we will have a particular focus on football in Sweden, since that is what we are, uh, where we are from, and what we know best. But we'll also discuss some other major football events in Europe as as they prop up and we see them in the news. And in the headlines and we we hope we can we hope you the listener will join us as we guide you through the football landscape both here in sweden and in europe i would like to thank you for listening to this intro pod and you can find this podcast on spotify or where else you listen to your podcast thank you for listening Hi and welcome to episode one of the Gridirons of Europe podcast. My name is Andre and with me as always, my co-host Aside. Hi. And on today's episode, we are going to discuss the ELF expansion. We're going to discuss the reorganization of the Swedish Super Series and the recent announcement of a Scandinavian Cup. Let's so, get it. Yeah, starting off here. The ELF. Where we left off with the ELF last year. I'm going to be the first to admit that my knowledge about the ELF is quite limited. I didn't really follow it last year. Me neither. I like just saw a few pictures of the championship game and wondered, like, what is this? I thought it was the GFL for the longest time. Then I realized it's like a new league. Yeah, so we're not really well averse in the ELF as of yet. But this year, hopefully, we'll be actually following along, watching some games, and we can give some more in-depth commentary about it. But for those who are unfamiliar with the ELF, we're going to start with uh, discussing just briefly what happened last year, what the ELF is, and also the expansion that's taking place for next year. 
I know it was like an eight-team league, and they had a championship game. The Frankfurt Galaxy won, I believe. I thought it was Hamburg who won. No, Hamburg lost in the finals. Oh, the I know because the, the Galaxy has the Swedish guy, the Swedish linebacker. I follow him on Instagram. That why that's why I know. Oh, good deal. Yeah, I. Former um, player. Let's see. I'm gonna look this up. I'm pretty sure. The ELF 2021 season. Yeah, so so last year was the very first season of the ELF. We can say that much at least. It was it's a very newly formed league. It's not NFL Europe to all the people who don't know. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. Frankfurt won last year. Okay. Interesting. Well, that just shows how much we know about this. Frankfurt beat Hamburg 32 to 30 in the championship game. And a close one. Yeah. So <clears throat> just briefly to walk through it here, they began as you just mentioned with uh, eight teams. They had six in Germany. Uh, so those two teams that made the final, the Hamburg Sea Devils and the Frankfurt Galaxy. Uh, plus they have a the, team in Poland and team in Spain. Yeah. So we got the Berlin Thunder, the Leipzig Kings, the Stuttgart Surge, and the Cologne Centurions in Germany. And then the Rokla Panthers in Poland and the Barcelona Dragons in Spain. And do you see in Turkey? Those were the eight teams uh, the first year. Yeah. So yeah, g going into next season then, 2022, they're, they've added they've added another German team, the Rhine Fire, and also a, a Turkish team, the Istanbul Rams, which recently signed a former teammate of yours aside. Noah Alstia. Yeah, he's he's a a guy I've coached in the past. He played for the Predators growing up. I think he moved at age sixteen or so, yeah, something like that. To the Rig Academy. Yeah, to the Rig program up in Uppsala. So we're very familiar with his story, at least. So I I, I think we'll be. Kind of secret, secretly, or not so secretly anymore, rooting a bit for this Istanbul team with Noah on it. Yeah. And Noah, it's weird. Why did they like include a team so far away? Yeah, I mean, you can ask that question of last year too, kind of, because that Barcelona team geographically is nowhere close to the German teams. It was or, like a logistic nightmare to travel there. Yeah, I, I don't. That might be a tough economic situation for those teams to be able to fly everyone out to Istanbul. Yeah, I don't know, but I think the teams have a lot of money because, like the, I don't know what it's called, the price to start playing in the league is about a couple of million. 
So if you have that, I think you're good enough to travel. Yeah, you'd you'd hope so. It, it would be a shame if you can't actually go to the games for the travel cost for your team. Guys, uh, only starting eleven can go this game. No injury. <laughs> that would be pretty bad. They're also adding two uh, Austrian teams: the uh, Schwarko Raiders Tyrol and the Vienna Vikings. And for those who are familiar with uh, European football as a whole, those names will sound familiar because these are the top. These have been the top two teams in Austria for quite some time, and they've played in other uh, international and other Europe-wide competitions. So those should be some familiar names, at least. Yeah, almost every team in the ELF is a rebadged or like the same team who played in another league. Yeah, lots of the teams that were formed uh, have the old NFL Europe names. I think they came to some sort of deal with the NFL to be able to use the NFL Europe name rights. Yeah, I believe Hamburg were one of them. And uh, Galaxies. Yeah, Frankfurt were definitely one. Yeah, because uh, Frankfurt, the, the Frankfurt Universe team still exists. Oh, interesting. The the Barcelona team, I think, was also the Dragons when they were in NFL Europe. Or yeah, when yeah. there was a team in Barcelona in the NFL right. Europe. So yeah, for clarification, the NFL Euro- NFL Europe was a a league that was played in the late '90s and early 2000s, I believe, and it it folded somewhere in the mid to late 2000s. The aughts. Yeah, I don't really know a lot about NFL Europe. It was really before my time. Yeah, I I remember when I was younger seeing uh, seeing some of the. The NFL Europe teams in in Madden in the Madden franchise, and that that was quite quite fun to see. Yeah, you were able to play them in Madden, I believe. Yeah, it was back in what 2005 ish, maybe. I the, know. The, the Rhine Fire, what the new expansion team in Germany for 2022. That's also an NFL Europe name, I believe. I'm pretty sure. Of. Yeah, it's really interesting. Like, it's a lot of fun because the league exploded this year. Like, it's all over social media. Yeah, they've done like the third biggest league in the world now. They've done a very good job marketing it, I would say. Yeah, actually. But as 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 I said earlier, I I don't know much else about the league and. I can't really comment much on players or teams more than what we've done so far. No, I'd, I'm just wondering why they didn't include any Swedish teams. Uh, I don't know. Because, could could and, just uh, not have worked out. Because Europa Elites posted a post on Instagram and mentioned like Sweden is the third largest football country in Europe, and still they didn't include it. It's fine, kind of weird. Yeah, but but we we can't really be sure if that's uh, if that's something from the Swedish side, from the ELF side. The ELF might have wanted to include someone, 
but maybe no. we can't really know but talks might have fallen through with certain teams or maybe economic problems might have set because might I don't think like them. Stockholm has an economic problem to join the league maybe I don't know because it would be like a bad logistics for them to travel but I don't think money is the biggest issue Maybe not. But then again, then you can go back to the team in Istanbul. Like that that's a hell of a travel. It's a lot closer to travel from like Stockholm to Hamburg than it is to travel from Istanbul. You can travel by bus. Yeah. I don't I don't know if you can travel to Turkey with bus. <laughs> I mean, it's it's probably doable but I I'm guessing everyone is going to fly out there. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a really great bus ride. <clears throat> no, you you'd have to bus your way through all of the <laughs> central Europe to get to any destination. That's Yeah, that it sounds sounds quite, awful. quite the journey. Yeah. And even Spain Yeah, the Istanbul is facing the dragons. Yeah, you've got the Mediterranean Sea between them and they're gonna yeah. split the ocean, <laughs> split the sea, and go maybe, for the bus. Maybe, maybe they'll take some boat rides though for that. That might be interesting. Get a Mediterranean cruise while going to an away game. Ah, <laughs> uh, it sounds. Unplanned, I think. Yeah, if any of our listeners actually know more about the logistics of the league, you could uh, send us an email or tweet at us. Our email address is uh, gridironsofeurope at gmail.com or you can tweet at us. I think it's at gridironseurope on Twitter if you want to contact us. Or anybody like from the ELF, please contact us. It would be fun to have somebody here to interview. Yeah, for sure. If if anyone is interested in coming on as a guest at some point, we would definitely uh, be open to that. And now let's talk about my favorite subject, the Super Series. Oh, is it? Is it really? No. No? Okay. It's, okay. I believe it's really messed up. Like, they pushed up a couple teams that didn't deserve going up to the Super Series. Yeah, let, 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 let's set the stage for this here. The, the Super Series uh, is the top league of Swedish football. And for the last several years, it's been a, te- a league with only four teams. I think the last two or three seasons it's just been four teams and it's like a two team race for like hundreds of years then Örebro came out of nowhere and won oh they've been they've been building something for quite some time there I'd say probably like Uppsala the... was only there to show up on game days oh that, that that's a bit harsh Uppsala they were in the Super Series for quite some time and 
they were a good team at some point. I think around 2013, 2014, that sort of area. Uppsala, they were a pretty darn good team. But uh, recently, yeah, I think it's been the last two years or so. They just have not been competitive at all. And uh, they decided to take a step down, which then left the Super Series with only three teams, which... I would argue you can't have a series with three teams. It will, be, that, sh- it will be a shit show. And that sort of sets the stage for what's coming next here. Tell us what's coming next. Yeah. So this was almost two weeks ago. The Swedish Federation, SAF, they announced a series setup, I would call it. A series layout, maybe. Yeah. And and it surprised probably everyone when they announced this, that suddenly there were five new teams in the Super Series. Is it five? Uh, let's see, AIK, Teirasa, Kipan, Stagothenburg, and Limham. Yeah, that's that makes five. Oh. So yeah, what, what what they announced then was uh, they announced other series too, like the 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 women's super series uh, division one, both for men and women, and also the division two series. They announced all of all of these setups at once, but. If we go back to the men's super series, then and Tirusa, Tirusa came to yeah. So th- they divided it up in two conferences, with AIK, the Kalsta Crusaders, the Stockholm Mean Machines, and the Tirusa Royal Crowns in the north, and the Gothenburg Marvels, Kupansta Predators, Limham Griffins, and the Blue Black Knights in the southern conference. I'm not sure, but how in the world will Gothenburg be able to compete with Urbru? Yeah, that's a good discussion to have, but so, something I do want to bring up here is the fact that this this announcement, that it, it sort of came out of the blue, because from what I understand, the the clubs here in Sweden actually cooperated quite well in trying to present and formulate an idea of how the clubs wanted the series to look. So that they communicated with one another and then they sent their sort of ideas to the board, the SAF board. And then without hearing any communication back from SAF and anyone from SAF, from the SAF board can come, can contact us and defend themselves if they want, or if they want to talk about this. But they suddenly announced this series without actually communicating anything back to the clubs first. And Wait, the clubs didn't even know? And No. And the this proposal then, or this series layout, announcement it isn't 
it isn't exactly as what the clubs wished for. And some teams were left out. Some teams were pushed too far down. Some teams weren't exactly sure of wanting to be part of this new Super Series, yet they were included. So yeah, it's it's a bit of a mess, to be honest with you. And I'm not quite sure if the series is going to look exactly the way as it was announced. Because it feels really like weird. Because some teams didn't even win Division 1 and they got up. Yeah, I mean... Who came to the semifinals of Division 1 didn't even get up. Yeah, it's weird because uh, all Landa, they came to Kifansta and beat us in a playoff game, but they're yeah, really good. Listed, listed in Division 1 and were the list, listed as a Super Series team here in Kifansta. Uh, and yeah, it's it's all Kaltenberg were the like second to last team in the Division 1 series and they still yeah. got up. Yeah, in Division 1 South last season, uh, Gothenburg were third I'm sorry? They had almost the same record as Helsingborg, the Jaguars. Or uh, they call Red Fox now. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't think it's all that relevant. But Gothenburg, they were third place last season in Division One. But I, th- I think the idea behind bringing them up is to have three teams moved up from the south at once. So you get Gothenburg, Kihwansta, and Limham joining at the same time. So we we sort of limit the... Traveling? We, yeah, limit it limits traveling a bit. So you wouldn't have to travel to Kalsta to play? I, yeah. uh, <clears throat> I know for one that Kolskiuga, they certainly wanted to play Super Series, but they were not included. I'm not exactly sure of the reasoning why. And let's see. Uppsala, they were sent all the way down to Division 2. But from my understanding, they wanted to be in Division 1. So the, the move there, I'm not sure, makes much sense either. Yeah, do they still have the same players that played for the Super Series team? It will be unfair for Division 2. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's it's odd. I yeah, it's weird. And I, I, I'm guessing we're gonna see some changes coming within the next few weeks. But from what what we've got to go by, we've got a super series divided into two conferences. The, my initial uh, reaction was that, oh wow, we're probably only gonna be playing games within the conferences but some other people I've heard think that it's going to be two games within conference and one game out of conference so it it hasn't exactly been specified how that would work what the scheduling would look like Um, sounds like stuff just leaked out something by mistake and then they didn't want to back up on their words Yeah, I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting to see whatever the next announcement is going to be about the series. 
Yeah, I don't know if it's be like even competitive for a couple of teams. No, but I, I'm just gonna say that I think a massive overhaul, some sort of change, was needed. Um, yeah, because of the super. Like, yeah, you can't. You can't one, three teams. The teams that had the most imports. Like for a while, it was like three, four imports that switched teams, and that team won. Yeah, I mean the the, the imports play an important an important part in Swedish football. They sort really of ra- ra- they sort of raise the level of the game, but you also can discuss some sort of competitive uh, and unfair balance competitively for uh, the clubs who can afford many imports compared to the clubs who are simply using Swedish players. What? Do you know the rules about imports? Like how many you can have on the field at the same time? Uh, I'm not sure of the European imports. European imports doesn't count. Americans, I think it's North Americans, Canadians, US Americans and Mexicans, I think within that designation you can have a maximum of three on the roster and two on the field at once in the super series and there's no limitation I believe for the lower series but who's having like four imports in division one yeah but it's just a thing to note that you can have more but in the lower series, but it's not really relevant. I, I, and I'm, I assume that's why the rule is only in place for the Super Series. Yeah, it's like because we had an import this year, Miles, but we we could not afford another one. Yeah, in Kijuansta, we've had a coach and a player uh, this past season. So... That's two, enough. <laughs> two people within the team, uh, and I—I I, I don't know if we—we we may be able to for, afford another one. I can't really speak to uh, the exact economy of the club. We don't have like uh, Stockholm Me Machines money. I know that. Yeah, probably. Probably. They have at least one position coach for every position. Yeah, we certainly do not have that in Kamarnstad. We have one coach. <laughs> no, we have three. We have a couple. Like, in 19, we had a couple coaches because you and Nick coached also. Yeah, so I, I think what, what was this, the senior coaching staff the past season? It was it was Joshua Kofed, our head coach, a Canadian guy. Uh, it was Tyson Gillen. He was an assistant coach on offense. Uh, our quarterback was also the offensive coordinator. And uh, my brother, actually, Nicholas Palson, he was the offensive line coach. So three coaches and one playing coach. Three and a half. Pretty good. Which, yeah, I, I, that can probably look a lot different from team to team. The Super Series team usually has more coaches. Yeah, which is also to be preferred. 
Like you, you want a position coach for each position. And they got they got a lot of much more money. Yeah, I think I think Stockholm they've been able to bring in uh, multiple European imports plus two or three Americans pretty much every year. Yeah, they had Alpha for a while when they won last time. I believe they have a couple D linemen. I haven't they also had haven't they also had quite a few? Uh, I think it's Serbians. They've brought over a few. Sometimes, oh. but I can tell you, it's not a lot of Stockholm players on the national team. It's like it's a lot of imports. Okay, on the Swedish national team, it's a lot of imports there. Yeah, like unfair because, like a guy like Miles, who we had, that put focus on whole his life on football, facing a guy who had a full time job, only playing for fun. It's like weird. Weird level yeah. of com- I mean, it it creates a bit of a different dynamic, but it, I think it can work. Yeah, if you have a good surroundings cast. <laughs> but but so then, if we actually get back to the Super Series for 2022, then uh, if if my idea is correct and we're only playing teams within the conference then that would put uh, the the Göteborg Marvels, Gothenburg Marvels, Kipanstad Predators, Limham Griffin so three teams moving up from division 1 with and the Tiros. with the reigning national champions of in the south uh, and in the north it would bring up AIK and Tyros would compete with Kolsta and Stockholm who have both been in the in the title race for a national championship for what the past 20 years yeah Kolsta has been dominating yeah they they, they had, had two in a row I think they had seven in a row at one point uh, then then Stockholm got one Kolsta Got another, got one back, and then I think it was Stockholm again. And no, yeah, it was like a two-team play. They win one, they lose one. Yeah, it was a bit like that for the last few years. No, before, I think it's more competitive now. Won. What? I think it's more competitive now when you have like Tyrus. It was stacked last year. <clears throat> yeah, that that might be one of the most interesting teams going into next year because we have. They're- Fact. Yeah, we had in Division One for Toyota. They brought in a whole bunch of players, former Super Series guys, uh, many guys, who, many guys who had won Swedish championships in the past, uh, and and they they were pretty dominant, if I remember correctly. Didn't they win like forty something against Orlando? Yeah, they did. Let me tell you, Orlando was a good team. Yeah, but I, I saw like, they got like a couple of receivers back. Yeah, the, what's interesting about this too is that the Tyrosa roster, many, many of those players that they got 
for the 2021 season, they were former Tulsa players who had gone elsewhere. Like I know they had a running back who who'd played in Colsta recently. Uh, they had several guys who had, who had played for the Mean Machines. Had the D lineman who played the the, the Gladiator guy. Yeah, Nogo. I think he he played with the Mean Machines recently. Um, we got Kevin, the receiver. Yeah, Toyosa guy originally. He played for Well, he played for Kalsta a bit, but Toyosa guy originally. So yeah, it's interesting how they brought a lot of guys back and also built on that roster with outside guys. Yeah, I don't and, know how they got all these players back for one season. No, I don't know either. But it sounds like, from 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 what I can tell. That's pretty much the roster they're going to have next year as well, and if those guys come prepared, hell, they might be able to keep compete for a championship the first year back in the yeah. Super Series. And they may be getting Alexander back. Uh, Alexander, no Kennedy, U19 running back. Yeah, I, he hasn't actually played in the Super no, not- Series as of yet, so nothing. Not really yeah. someone coming back yeah. in that way. Yeah, but he played for their team. Yeah, uh, well, we'll get to some U19 stuff later on. Um, the Nordic Cup or the Scandinavian Cup. I don't really understand. There was nothing else you wanted to say, say about the Super Series here? Really not. No. Do uh, you? Yeah, I, I. Something I find kind of interesting is they put Urbreu in the south with three teams coming up from Division One. I and, don't know. <laughs> they want Urbreu back in that championship game. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen people saying online that oh, Urbreu is probably the happiest team about this, and oh, Urbreu, they've got a. A, a, a free uh, place in the semi-final and all this and sure not so negative, I, I, they have a point I, yeah to a point I'm like yeah I'm, it's it's but a weird situation it's a great put. team Juanta a good team but against the Rebrou they are stacked yeah it, it, it it's I think people have a bit of a point when they say that Obu, they kind of got a freebie here. But I also think people are underestimating these teams coming up from Division One a bit. Because if we look at how Division One has been the last few years, it's been really competitive and it's been good football. And the biggest reason why those teams weren't in the Super Series was because they, they these teams didn't want to move up and for a variety of reasons but most of these teams i believe in the recent years of division 1 could have compete competed in the super series so it'll yeah, be like inter- think two years ago could have competed and probably won yeah that team in the playoffs two <laughs> years ago was absolutely stacked didn't you win like 60 something i get tier so 
let's see. We had a yeah. I think we had a fifty-point victory in in the quarterfinal, and then a fifty-point victory in the semifinal, and then I think the final was a bit more competitive, but it was still still something like a four-possession win or something like that. Yeah, Hollanda had a, also a great team. They came back with that game. Yeah, that was a that was a great game actually. They so, have yeah, the best Division One quarterback, so yeah, he, he, they've got a good QB there. It's uh, Victor is a yeah, pretty young, pretty young guy. I think he's only what twenty one or something. One year like older that. than me. Yeah, he's one year older than me. Yeah, he's pretty good. I th- I don't know. Did he start against Italy? Uh, no, Phil played against Italy. This this is the European Championship game we uh, brought up now. That was played recently in Malmö between Sweden and Italy. Not a great day for Sweden. That was a great day for Italy, though. How much did they lose by? Oh, I can't remember. But they it was it was pretty embarrassing. Rough as a Swede. It was. I think it was like. 30 or 4 I think it was 30 points at halftime and then Sweden played a lot better in the second half but it was way too late didn't the coach give them that do something speech <laughs> maybe maybe if we, we can try to get BD Kennedy to listen to this podcast and he can tell us himself I hope so BB Kennedy please come to our podcast so, so yeah, we're we're gonna see Gothenburg, Kristianstad, Limham potentially battle it out with the national champions last uh, from this past season. That's that's gonna be interesting to follow. But speaking of Oboyden, they and some other Swedish teams they have uh, been announced as part of a new Nordic league or cup of sorts. Is it before the Super Series season or after? Yeah, so th- th- this is something interesting. Uh, this was uh, about five, six days ago, so about a week ago, slightly less. Uh, it was announced that there was going to be a, nor- a new Nordic League set to launch as a Scandinavian Cup in 2022. That's directly quoted from... Uh, Seth's page and it's yeah it's gonna be teams in from Denmark two teams from Denmark I think the gold diggers I think yeah the Soload gold diggers and the AAB 89ers I'm not familiar with that team actually me neither I know the gold diggers yeah, you played uh, Gold Diggers U19 team a few years ago, right? Unfortunately, yeah. Uh, and then the Christian Sun gladi- Gladiators from Norway. The Guess Oslo who their quarterback is? I will get to that. The Oslo Vikings from Norway. And what's that? Eidsvoll 1814s? Are the Norwegian <laughs> I've I've not heard of them before either. 
the Oslo Vikings I've heard of and the Gladiators I've heard of, but Eidsvoll I have not. They may be like put, put two teams together. They started a new team or something. Or I'm going to guess the 1814s. It's got to have some sort of historical relevance to that region of Norway. But if we can get some Norwegian listeners, perhaps someone from Eidsvoll, they could tell us what the story behind the name is. Uh, yeah. And then the, the Swedish teams that are going to take part in this is the reigning champions, Oboeu, Black Knights, and then also the Mean Machines and the Costa Crusaders. So the top three teams in the Super Series. Yeah, the essentially the remaining teams in the Super Series from last season's Super Series. I wonder if like teams will focus on the Cup more than the Super Series. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I I had a brief uh, Twitter dialogue with the head coach from Kristiansand Gladiators. It's a Swedish coach, Leo Bilgren, and he said that Norway they play in the fall their normal series, so this cup will not disturb their season at all. So they can put full focus onto the Scandinavian Cup, which will be played oh. during the spring. Uh, but I'm not sure how the Swedish teams are going to manage this because from what I can understand the the Super Series is going to be played what from like April to June, July something like that and it's essentially the same the same time as the Scandinavian Cup is going on okay so I think like Urubru will put in their Division 1 team against us and the other teams and the, like the Super Series team will play the Nordic. No, I I think the Scandinavian Cup is just going to be something completely separate, and they're and scheduling wise, I guess they're just going to intersperse these games sort of on bye weeks or move around scheduling so that they play these games on weekends where they're not playing Super Series games and so forth. That's I hope so, because it will destroy the Super Series. Yeah, it, yeah, it's interesting because what what will that do to the competitive balance for these teams? Because if you have a Super Series team like Teresa or the Predators or Limham or anyone else playing only their Super Series games, but then these teams going off and they have, what is that, four extra games? Yeah. That's a lot of extra games compared to the other teams. Imagine team. the travel, like from Stockholm to the Goldigers home field. It's it's a bit. Like yeah, an hour I, drive? Yeah, but uh, I think that's manageable. It's not that much more than, I don't know, from or southern teams going to play like in Uppsala or something like that. It's not that big of a difference. No, but if you're playing two games in the same weekend... No, that's what I'm saying. I don't think they're going to do that. Which then begs the question, how are they going to be able to puzzle together these schedules to make sure that that doesn't happen? Yeah, I don't know if they could. Let's see, it says in this article here, the Scandinavian Cup will consist of two groups. Group A having Denmark's 
AAB 89ers and Soloet Gold Diggers, along with the Kristiansand Gladiators from Norway, and Sweden's Old Blue Black Knights. In Group B, Norway's Uslu Vikings, Eidsvoll 1814s, the Mean Machines, and the Crusaders. Okay, so you've got four teams in each of these groups. Each team will play the other team in its group, starting on the weekend of April 30th, May 1st. The winner of each group will be playing in the championship game. Uh, okay, so I'm going to assume they play each other once. So that's three extra games for the teams who won't be playing in the Scandinavian Cup final. Doesn't doesn't sound that bad, but. No, perhaps three, yeah. three extra teams to plan for. So yeah, it, it's going to be a lot of extra work for those teams. But I think I think most of those organiza- organizations are good enough to to manage that. Yeah, I believe so. But back to the Chris, the Norwegian team. Guess who co- their quarterback is? Yeah, it's actually a guy I'm pretty familiar with. It's. Dennis Eastbys. He played U19 uh, in Toulouse a, a few years ago. I remember yeah, he... my, my my teams played against them. Let's see, once, and then when I wasn't a unit, my first year out of U19, he, they played Toulouse again. We won uh, against them in the semifinals. Yes. Oh, and then you guys we played did. against the Toulouse one more time. Yes. So in the semifinal, they kicked our ass. Dennis had like five touchdowns that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they had a really good U nineteen year that season. They won that year. Yeah, they did. Three. Uh, yeah, the, there's quite the history between the Predators and the Toyota Royal Crowns when it comes to yep. facing off in semifinals in U nineteen football at this point. You had... yeah, we, we had a beef on Instagram a while ago. <laughs> there were... Ended really quick. Uh, the, what was that? Three semifinals in a row between those two U19 yeah. teams. That's yes. that 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 sort of sort of thing can create a bit of a grudge. We faced them even in the semifinals for U17. Wait, in U17? Yes, in Dukes. Where? Oh, at Dukes. How did that go? We won. Yata got sick, so we didn't have anything else that day. Yata's their best player at the time. Interesting. And they, like, they had a lot of injuries, so the game was supposed to be cancelled, but they said we were playing. It was really confusing. Yeah, the, the, those games up there at that at that tournament, Duke's tourney, they they can be a bit weird because teams play many games in a short period of time, and there are injuries, and people may get sick, and all these types of things happen, and it can be an unpredictable tournament overall. But I think Tirosu wins it a lot. I believe when they lost to us that that season, it was the first time they lost in four years. Hmm. I don't. Yeah, I can't remember the exact history of all the Duke's tourney winners. I think 
I think Tabby has like uh, everyone a lot. I think they've got like three U17 golds or something like that, which is quite impressive. But that, that that's an interesting tournament. Uh, unfortunately, it hasn't been played the last two years because of Corona. But hopefully it'll come back next year. And I think we'll try to cover that on this podcast. And I hope you bring me a coach. <laughs> you want to go as a coach? Yes, sir. Uh, we might be able to make that happen. I've been asking you to let me coach for like three years. And these tournaments, they keep getting canceled. Yeah. Not your Yeah. I'm I'm the head coach for the Predators U seventeen team. And I have been for the last two years. And both years when the Duke's tourney got canceled, which which is quite sad because it's sort of the the biggest the Sort of the biggest it's like the thing you can do. of the you know seventeen. Yeah, it's the biggest thing you can do at the U seventeen levels, but level because and, they um, don't they don't play for a national title, so they only play in their regional series, which which is great. Don't get me wrong; you have the regional series and you compete with the local teams, and that's fun and all. But it's sort of lacking that element of a. A true champion, and that's how Duke's tourney sort of got the rap of uh, that. This is where we find out where the best youth teams are. I want to see. Uh, I'm sad it got canceled this year because I want to really see the U15 Limham team. Yeah, that is. They are a unit. Team. Yeah, they are very good. Their start starting D line and offensive linemen are bigger than ours. Oh, you're talking about our senior team? Yeah. Average. I think they're pretty comparable, actually. Which they're, they're is, is, is either a great, it's, it's either a great thing or uh, quite sad that their linemen are the same size as ours. But we'll get there. Ref again when they won like 80 to zero, 80 to six, and they had their backup quarterback in the whole game. Oh, that was the game we rest, wasn't it? No. Yes, yes. Yeah, oh, we no. I think it was. Yeah, it was a touchdown for the first eight plays or something, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> anyway, we've gotten quite off topic here. And what do you say about rounding this podcast out for the day? Yeah, sounds great. Yeah, so we, we'd very much like to thank you all for listening to the very first episode of Gridirons of Europe podcast. And let's, I hope you tune up to the next episode. Thank yeah, you for watching. You. And you can find us on Spotify. Thank you, and goodbye. Hi, and welcome to episode one of the Gridirons of Europe podcast. My name is Andre, and with me as always, my co-host, Aside. Hi. And on today's episode, we are going to discuss the ELF 
expansion. We're going to discuss the reorganization of the Swedish Super Series and the recent announcement of a Scandinavian Cup. Let's so, get it. Yeah, starting off here. The ELF. Where we left off with the ELF last year. I'm going to be the first to admit that my knowledge about the ELF is quite limited. I didn't really follow it last year. Me neither. I like just saw a few pictures of the championship game and wondered like what is this? I thought it was the GFL for the longest time. Then I realized it's like a new league. Yeah, so we're not really well averse in the ELF as of yet. But this year, hopefully, we'll be actually following along, watching some games, and we can give some more in-depth commentary about it. But for those who are unfamiliar with the ELF, we're going to start with uh, discussing just briefly what happened last year, what the ELF is, and also the expansion that's taking place for next year. I know it was like an eight-team league, and they had a championship game that Frankfurt Galaxy won, I believe. I thought it was Hamburg who won. No, Hamburg lost in the finals. Oh, I know because the Galaxy has the Swedish guy, the Swedish linebacker. I follow him on Instagram. That why that's why I know. Oh, Gautier. Yeah, I. Um, yeah, for, for, for Let's see. I'm gonna look this up. I'm pretty sure. The ELF 2021 season. Yeah. So so last year was the very first season of the ELF. We can say that much at least. It was. It's a very newly formed league. It's not NFL Europe to all the people who don't know. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. Frankfurt won last year. Okay. Interesting. Well, that just shows how much we know about this. Frankfurt beat Hamburg 32 to 30 in the championship game. And a close one. Yeah. So <clears throat> just briefly to walk through it here, they began as you just mentioned with uh, eight teams. They had six in Germany. Uh, so those two teams that made the final, the Hamburg Sea Devils and the Frankfurt Galaxy. Uh, plus they have a the, team in Poland and team in Spain. Yeah. So we got the Berlin Thunder, the Leipzig Kings, the Stuttgart Surge, and the Cologne Centurions in Germany. And then the Rokla Panthers in Poland and the Barcelona Dragons in Spain. And do you France in Turkey? Those were the eight teams uh, the first year. Yeah. So yeah, g going into next season then, 2022, they're, they've added they've added another German team, the Rhine Fire, and also a, a Turkish team, the Istanbul Rams, which recently signed a former teammate of yours aside. Noah Alstia. 
Yeah, he's he's a a guy I've coached in the past. He played for the Predators growing up. I think he moved at age 16 or so, yeah, something like that. The Rig Academy. Yeah, to the Rig program up in Uppsala. So we're very familiar with his story at least. So I I, I think we'll be Kind of secret, secretly or not so secretly anymore, rooting a bit for this Istanbul team with Noah on it. Yeah. And no, but it's weird. Why did they like include a team so far away? Yeah, I mean, you can ask that question of last year too, kind of, because that Barcelona team geographically is nowhere close to the German teams. It's like a logistic nightmare to travel there. Yeah, I, I don't. That might be a tough economic situation for those teams to be able to fly everyone out to Istanbul. Yeah, I don't know, but I think the teams have a lot of money because, like the, I don't know what it's called, the price to start playing in the league is about a couple of million. So if you have that, I think you're good enough to travel. Yeah, you'd you'd hope so. It, it would be a shame if you can't actually go to the games for the travel cost for your team. Guys, uh, only starting eleven can go this game. No injury. That would be pretty bad. They're also adding two uh, Austrian teams: the uh, Schwarko Raiders Tyrol and the Vienna Vikings. And for those who are familiar with the uh, European football as a whole, those names will sound familiar because these are the top. These have been the top two teams in Austria for quite some time, and they've played in other uh, international and other Europe-wide competitions. So those should be some familiar names, at least. Yeah, almost every team. In the ELF is a rebadged or like the same team who played in a, another league. Yeah, l- lots of the teams that were formed uh, have the old NFL Europe names. I think they came to some sort of deal with the NFL to be able to use the NFL Europe name rights. Yeah, I believe Hamburg were one of them, and uh, Galaxies. Yeah, Frankfurt were definitely one. Yeah, because uh, Frankfurt. The, the Frankfurt Universe team still exists. Oh, interesting. The the Barcelona team, I think, was also the Dragons when they were in NFL Europe. Or yeah, when yeah. there was a team in Barcelona in the NFL right. Europe. So yeah, for clarification, the NFL, NFL Europe was a, a league that was played in the late 90s and early 2000s, I believe, and it It folded somewhere in the mid to late 2000s, the aughts. Yeah, I don't really know a lot about NFL Europe. It was really before my time. Yeah, I, I remember when I was younger seeing uh, seeing some of the the NFL Europe teams in in Madden in the Madden franchise, and that that was quite quite fun to see. Yeah, you were able to play them in Madden, I believe. Yeah. It was back in what 2005 ish, maybe. The, the Ryan Fire, 
one, the new expansion team in Germany for 2022. That's also an NFL Europe name, I believe. I'm pretty sure of. Yeah, but it's really interesting. Like, it's a lot of fun because the league exploded this year. Like, it's all over social media. Yeah, and they've done like the third biggest league in the world now. They've done a very good job marketing it, I would say. Yeah, actually. But as 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 I said earlier, I I don't know much else about the league, and I can't really comment much on players or teams more than what we've done so far. I'm just wondering why they didn't include any Swedish teams. Uh, I don't know. Could could just uh, not have worked out. Because Europa Elites posted a post on Instagram and mentioned like Sweden is the third largest football country in Europe and still didn't include it. It's kind of weird. Yeah, but but we we can't really be sure if that's uh, if that's something from the Swedish side from the ELF side, the ELF might have wanted to include someone, but maybe Aww. we can't really know. But talks might have fallen through with certain teams, or maybe economic problems might have set. Because might I don't think like them. Stockholm has an economic problem to join the league. Maybe I don't know because it would be like a bad logistics. For them to travel, but I don't think money is that biggest issue. Maybe not. But then again, then you can go back to the team in Istanbul. Like that—that's a hell of a travel. It's a lot closer to travel from like Stockholm to Hamburg than it is to travel from Istanbul. You can travel by bus. Yeah. I don't—I don't know if you can travel to Turkey with bus. (laughs) I mean. It's, it's probably doable, but I, I'm guessing everyone is going to fly out there. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a really great bus ride. <clears throat> no, you, you'd have to bus your way through all of uh, Central Europe to get to any destination. That's, yeah, that it sounds, sounds quite, awful. Quite the journey. Yeah. And even Spain. Yeah, the Istanbul is facing the dragons. Yeah, you've got the Mediterranean Sea between them, and they're gonna yeah. split the ocean, <laughs> split the sea, and go maybe, for the bus. Maybe, maybe they'll take some boat rides over that. That might be interesting. Get a Mediterranean cruise while going to an away game. <laughs> It sounds unplanned, I think. Yeah, if any of our listeners actually know more about the logistics of the league, you could uh, send us an email or tweet at us. Our email address is uh, gridironsofeurope at gmail.com. Or you can tweet at us. I think it's at gridironseurope on Twitter if you want to contact us. Or anybody like from the ELF, please contact us. It would be fun to have somebody here to interview. 
Yeah, for sure. If if anyone is interested in coming on as a guest at some point, we would definitely uh, be open to that. And now let's talk about my favorite subject, the Super Series. Oh, is it? Is it really? No. No? Okay. okay. I believe it's really messed up. Like, they pushed up a couple teams that didn't deserve going up to the Super Series. Yeah, let, 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 let's set the stage for this here. The, the Super Series uh, is the top league of Swedish football. And for the last several years, it's been a, te- a league with only four teams. I think the last two or three seasons it's just been four teams and it's like a two team race for a hundred of years then Örebro came out of nowhere and won oh they've been they've been building something for quite some time there I'd say probably like Uppsala the... was only there to show up on game days oh that, that that's a bit harsh Uppsala they were in the Super Series for quite some time and they were a good team at some point. I think around 2013, 2014, that sort of area. Uppsala, they were a pretty darn good team. But uh, recently, yeah, I think it's been the last two years or so. They just have not been competitive at all. And uh, they decided to take a step down, which then left the Super Series with only three teams, which... I would argue you can't have a series with three teams. It, was a that, sh- it will be a shit show. And that sort of sets the stage for what's coming next here. Tell us what's coming next. Yeah. So this was almost two weeks ago. The Swedish Federation, SAF, they announced a series setup, I would call it. A series layout, maybe. Yeah. And and it surprised probably everyone when they announced this, that suddenly there were five new teams in the Super Series. Is it five? Uh, let's see, AIK, Teirasa, Kipan, Stagothenburg, and Limham. Yeah, that's that makes five. Oh. So yeah, what, what what they announced then was uh, they announced other series too, like the 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 women's super series uh, division one, both for men and women, and also the division two series. They announced all of all of these setups at once, but. If we go back to the men's super series, then and Tirusa, Tirusa came to yeah. So th- they divided it up in two conferences, with AIK, the Kalsta Crusaders, the Stockholm Mean Machines, and the Tirusa Royal Crowns in the north, and the Gothenburg Marvels, Kupansta Predators, Limham Griffins, and the Blue Black Knights in the southern conference. I'm not sure, but how in the world will Gothenburg be able to compete with Örebro? Yeah, that, um, 
that's, so all the people that, don't that, want that, that's a good discussion to have but so, something i do want to bring up here is the fact that this this announcement that it, it sort of came out of the blue because from what i understand the the clubs here in sweden actually cooperated quite well in trying to present and formulate an idea of how the clubs wanted the series to look so that they communicated with one another and then they sent their sort of ideas to the board the SAF board and then without hearing any communication back from SAF and anyone from SAF, from the SAF board can come can contact us and defend themselves if they want or if they want to talk about this but they suddenly announced this series without actually communicating anything back to the clubs first and wait the clubs didn't even know and no and the this proposal then or this series layout announcement it isn't it isn't exactly as what the clubs wished for and some teams were left out some teams were pushed too far down some teams weren't exactly sure of wanting to be part of this new super series yet they were included so yeah it's it's a bit of a mess to be honest with you and i'm not quite sure if the series is going to look exactly the way as it was announced because it feels really like weird because some teams didn't even win division one and they got up yeah i mean who came to the semi-finals of division one didn't even get up yeah it's weird because uh all Landa, they came to kifansta and beat us in a playoff game but they're yeah, really good listed, listed in division one and were the list, listed as a super series team here in kifansta uh and yeah it's it's all Kaltenberg were the like second to last team in the division one series and they still yeah. got up yeah in division one south last season uh gothenburg i'm sorry they had almost the same record as hilson bori the jaguars or uh, they called red box now yeah I'm, i'm not sure i don't think it's all that relevant but uh, gothenburg they were third place last season in division one but i think i think the idea behind bringing them up is to have three teams moved up from the south at once so you get gothenburg kihwansta and limham joining at the same time so we we sort of limit the traveling yeah limit it limits traveling a bit so you wouldn't have to travel to Kalsta to play I would yeah. uh <clears throat> i know for one that kolskiuga they certainly wanted to play super series but they were not included i'm not exactly sure of the reasoning why and let's see upsala they were sent all the way down to division two but from my understanding they wanted to be in division one so the the move there i'm not sure makes much sense either yeah do they still have the same players 
that played for the Super Series team, it will be unfair for Division Two. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's it's odd. I yeah, it's weird. And I, I I'm guessing we're gonna see some changes coming within the next few weeks. But from what what we've got to go by, we've got a super series divided into two conferences. The, my initial uh, reaction was that, oh wow, we're probably only going to be playing games within the conferences. But some other people I've heard think that it's going to be two games within conference and one game out of conference. So it, it hasn't exactly been specified how that would work, what the scheduling would look like. Um, Sounds like Suf just leaked out something by mistake, and then they didn't want to back up, back up on their words. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting to see whatever the next announcement is going to be about the series. Yeah, I don't know if it's be like even competitive for a couple of teams. No, but I. I'm just going to say that I think a massive overhaul, some sort of change, was needed. Um, yeah, because of the Super Series. Yeah, you can't, you can't one, have three teams. The teams that had the most imports. Like, for a while, it was like three, four imports that switched teams, and that team won. Yeah, I mean, the, the the imports play an important an important part in Swedish football. They sort really of ra- ra- they sort of raise the level of the game, but you also can discuss some sort of competitive uh, an unfair balance competitively for uh, the clubs who can afford many imports compared to the clubs who are simply using yeah. Swedish players. Import? What? Do you know the rules about imports? Like how many you can have on the field at the same time? Uh, I'm not sure of the uh, European imports. But European Amer- imports doesn't in- count. Americans, I think yeah. it's North Americans, Canadians, US Americans, and Mexicans, I think, count within that designation. You can have a maximum of three on the roster and two on the field at once in the Super Series. And there's no limitation, I believe, for the lower series. But who's having like four imports in Division One? Yeah, but it's just a thing to note. That you can have more, but in the lower series, but it's not really relevant. I, I, and I'm, I assume that's why the rule is only in place for the Super Series. Yeah, it's like because we had an import this year, Miles, but we, we could not afford another one. Yeah, in Kijuansta, we've had a coach and a player uh, this past season. So... That's two, enough. <laughs> two people within the team, uh, and I—I I, I don't know if we—we we may be able to for, afford another one. I can't really speak to uh, the exact economy of the club. 
We don't have like uh, Stockholm Me Machines money. I know that. Yeah, probably. Probably. They have at least one position coach for every position. Yeah, we certainly do not have that in Kamar. We have one coach. <laughs> no, we have three. We have a couple. Like in 19, we had a couple coaches because you and Nick coached also. Yeah, so I, I think what, what was this, the senior coaching staff the past season? It was it was Joshua Kofed, our head coach, uh, Canadian guy. Uh, it was Tyson Gillen. He was an assistant coach on offense. Uh, our quarterback was also the offensive coordinator. And uh, my brother, actually, Nicholas Palson, he was the offensive line coach. So, three coaches and one playing coach? Three and a half. Pretty good. Which, yeah, I, I, that can probably look a lot different from team to team. Yeah, the, the Super Series team usually has more coaches. Yeah, which is also to be preferred. Like, you, you want a position coach for each position. And they got, they got a lot much more money. Yeah, I think I think Stockholm they've been able to bring in uh, multiple European imports plus two or three Americans pretty much every year. Yeah, they had Alpha for a while when they won last time. I believe they have a couple D linemen. I, I haven't they, haven't they also not had haven't they also had quite a few? Uh, I think it's Serbians. They've brought over a few. Sometimes, oh. but I can tell you, it's not a lot of Stockholm players on the national team. It's like, it's a lot of imports. Okay. On the Swedish national team, it's a lot of imports there. Yeah. Like unfair because, like a guy like Miles, who we had, that put focus on whole his life on football, facing a guy who had a full time job, only playing for fun. It's like weird. Weird level yeah. of I mean, it it creates a bit of a different dynamic, but it, I think it can work. Yeah, if you have a good surroundings cast. <laughs> but but so then, if we actually get back to the Super Series for twenty twenty two, then uh, if if my idea is correct and we're only playing teams within the conference then that would put uh, the the Göteborg Marvels, Gothenburg Marvels, Kipanstad Predators, Limham Griffin so three teams moving up from division 1 with and the Tiros. with the reigning national champions of in the south uh, and in the north it would bring up AIK and Tyros would compete with Kolsta and Stockholm who have both been in the in the title race for a national championship for what the past 20 years yeah Kolsta has been dominating yeah they they, they had I think they had seven in a row at one point uh, then then Stockholm got one Kolsta Got another, got one back, and then I think it was Stockholm again, and 
No, yeah, it was like a two-team two team They win one, they lose one. Yeah. It was a bit like that for the last few years. No, I think it's more competitive now. What? I think it's more competitive now when you have like Tirus was stacked last year. <clears throat> yeah, that that might be one of the most interesting teams going into next year because we had They were stacked. Yeah, we had in Division 1 for Tirus they brought in a whole bunch of players, former Super Series guys, uh, many guys, who, many guys who had won Swedish championships in the past, uh, and and they they were pretty dominant, if I remember correctly. Didn't they win like forty something against Orlando? Yeah, they did. Let me tell you, Orlando was a good team. Yeah, but uh, I saw like something. they got like a couple of receivers back. Yeah, the, w- what's interesting about this too is that the Tyrosa roster, many, many of those players that they got for the 2021 season, they were former Tyrosa players who had gone elsewhere. Like I know they had a running back who who'd played in Colsta recently. Uh, they had several guys who had, who had played for the Mean Machines. Had the D lineman who played the, the the Gladiator guy. Yeah, Nogo. I think he he played with the Mean Machines recently. We um, got Kevin, the receiver. Yeah, Toyosa guy he originally. He played for well, he played for Kalsta a bit, but Toyosa guy originally. So yeah. It, it, it's interesting how they brought a lot of guys back and also built on that roster with outside guys. Yeah, I don't and know how they got all these players back for one season. No, I don't know either. But it sounds like, from 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 what I can tell, that's pretty much the roster they're going to have next year as well. And if those guys come prepared, hell, they might be able to keep compete for a championship first year back in the yeah. Super Series. And they may be getting Alexander back. Uh, Alexander, no Kennedy. U19 running back. Yeah. I, he hasn't actually played in the Super no, not, Series as of yet, so not, not really yeah. someone coming back in that way. Yeah, but he played for their Yeah, uh, well... We'll get to some U19 stuff later on. Um, the Nordic Cup or the Scandinavian Cup. I don't really understand. There was nothing else you wanted to say, say about the Super Series here? Really not. No. Do uh, you? Yeah. I, I, something I find kind of interesting is they put Urbreu in the south with three teams coming up from division one i and don't know <laughs> they want a rule back in that championship game yeah i mean i i've seen people saying online that oh europe is probably the happiest team about this and oh Europe, they've got a a, a free uh, place in the semi-final and all this and Not sure the I, negative, I, they have a point i 
yeah to a point i'm like yeah I'm, it's it's but a weird situation a great put... team. a good team but against the rebrew they are stacked yeah it, it, it it's i think people have a bit of a point when they say that they kind of got a freebie here but i also think people are underestimating these teams coming up from division one a bit because if we look at how division one has been the last few years it's been really competitive and it's been good football and the biggest reason why those teams weren't in the super series was because they they these teams didn't want to move up and for a variety of reasons but most of these teams i believe in the recent years of division 1 could have compete competed in the super series so it'll yeah, be like the team two years ago could have competed and probably won yeah that team in the playoff two <laughs> years ago was absolutely stacked didn't you win like 60 something i get tier so uh let's see we had a yeah i think we had a 50 point victory in in the quarterfinal and then a 50 point victory in the semifinal and then i think the final was a bit more competitive but it was still still something like a four possession win or something like that yeah Hollanda had a, also a great team they came back with that game yeah that was a that was a great game actually they so, have yeah, the best division one quarterback so yeah he, he, they've got a good qb there it's uh, is a yeah, pretty, he's a pretty young guy i think he's only what 21 or one something year like older that. Than me. yeah he's one year older than me yeah he's pretty good i th- i don't know did he start against italy uh no phil played against italy this this is the european championship game we uh brought up now that was played recently in malma between sweden and italy not a great day for sweden that was a great day for italy though how much did they lose by oh i can't remember but they it was it was pretty embarrassing rough as a swede it was i think it was like 30 or 4 I think it was 30 points at halftime and then Sweden played a lot better in the second half but it was way too late didn't the coach give them that do something speech <laughs> maybe maybe if we, we can try to get BD Kennedy to listen to this podcast and he can tell us himself I hope so BB Kennedy please come to our podcast so, so yeah, we're we're gonna see Gothenburg, Kristiansand, Limham potentially battle it out with the national champions last uh, from this past season. And that's that's gonna be interesting to follow. But speaking of Oberhausen, they and some other Swedish teams they have uh, been announced as part of a new Nordic league or cup of sorts. Is it before the Super Series season or after? Yeah, so th- th- this is something interesting. Uh, this was uh, about five, 
six days ago, so about a week ago, slightly less. Uh, it was announced that there was going to be a, Nor- a new Nordic League set to launch as a Scandinavian Cup in 2022. That's directly quoted from uh, Seth's page. And it's, yeah, it's going to be teams in, from Denmark, two teams from Denmark, I think. The Gold Diggers, I think. Yeah, the Soload Gold Diggers and the... AAB 89ers. I'm not familiar with that team, actually. Me neither. I know the Gold Diggers. Yeah, you played the Gold Diggers U19 team a few years ago, right? Unfortunately, yeah. And then the Christian Sun Gladiators from Norway. Guess who their quarterback is? I will get to that. The Oslo Vikings from Norway and what's that? Eidsvoll 1814s are the Norwegian teams. I've I've not heard of them before either. The Oslo Vikings I've heard of and the Gladiators I've heard of, but Eidsvoll I have not. They may be like put put two teams together. They started a new team or something. Or I'm going to guess the 1814s it's got to have some sort of historical relevance to that region of Norway. But if we can get some Norwegian listeners, perhaps someone from Eidsvold, they could tell us what the story behind the name is. Uh, yeah. And then the, the Swedish teams that are going to take part in this is the reigning champions, Obu, Black Knights, and then also the Mean Machines and the Costa Crusaders. So the top three teams in the Super Series. Yeah, the essentially the remaining teams in the Super Series from last season's Super Series. I wonder if like teams will focus on the Cup more than the Super Series. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I I had a brief uh, Twitter dialogue with the head coach from Kristiansand Gladiators. It's a Swedish coach, Leo Bilgren. And he said that Norway, they play in the fall, their normal series. So this cup will not disturb their season at all. So they can put full focus onto the Scandinavian Cup, which will be played during the spring. Uh, But I'm not sure how the Swedish teams are going to manage this, because from what I can understand, the the Super Series is going to be played, what, from like April to... June, July, something like that. And it's essentially the same the same time as the Scandinavian Cup is going on. Okay, so I think like Urubru will put in their Division 1 team against us and the other teams. And they, like the Super Series team will play the Nordic team. No, I, I think the Scandinavian Cup is just going to be something completely separate and they're and scheduling-wise, I guess they're just going to intersperse these games sort of on bye weeks or move around scheduling so that they play these games on weekends where they're not playing Super Series games and so forth. That's I hope so, because it will destroy the Super Series. Yeah, it, yeah it's interesting because what, what will that do to the competitive balance? For these teams, 
Because if you have a Super Series team like Taylorsa or the Predators or Limham or anyone else playing only their Super Series games, but then these teams going off and they have, what is that, four extra games? Yeah. That's a lot of extra games compared to the other teams. Imagine the travel, like from Stockholm to the Goldigers home field, it's, it's a bit. Like yeah, I, drive? yeah, but uh, I think that's manageable. It's not that much more than, I don't know, from our southern teams going to play like in Uppsala or something like that. It's not that big of a difference. No, but if you're playing two games in the same weekend. No, that's what I'm saying. I don't think they're going to do that. Which then begs the question, how... Are they going to be able to puzzle together these schedules to make sure that that doesn't happen? Yeah, I don't know if they could. Let's see. It says in this article here, the Scandinavian Cup will consist of two groups. Group A having Denmark's AAB 89ers and Soloed Goldbiggers, along with the Kristiansand Gladiators from Norway and Sweden's Old Way Black Knights. In Group B, Norway's Uslu Vikings, Eidsvall 1814s, the Mean Machines, and the Crusaders. Okay, so you've got four teams in each of these groups. Uh, each team will play the other team in its group, starting on the weekend of April 30th, May 1st. The winner of each group will be playing in the championship game. Uh, okay, so I'm going to assume they play each other once. So that's three extra games for the teams who won't be playing in the Scandinavian Cup final. Doesn't doesn't sound that bad, but... No, perhaps... Three, yeah. three extra teams to plan for, so... Yeah, it, it's going to be a lot of extra work for those teams, but I think, I think most of those organiza- organizations are good enough to, to manage that. Yeah, I believe so. B- back to the, Chris, the the Norwegian team. Guess what co- their quarterback is? Yeah, it's actually a guy I'm pretty familiar with. It's Dennis Eastbys. He played U19 uh, in Toulouse a, a few years ago. I remember yeah, he... my, my my teams played against them, let's see, once and then when I wasn't a unit, my first year out of U19, they played Taylor again. We won against them in the semifinals. Yes. Oh, and then you guys we played did. against the Taylor one more time. Yes. So in the semifinal, they kicked our ass. Dennis had like five touchdowns that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had a really good U19 year that season. They won that year. Yeah, they did. Uh, yeah, th- there's quite the history w- between the Predators and the Toyota Royal Crowns when it comes to yeah, we- fa- facing off in semifinals in U19 football at this point. You had- yeah, we-, we had a beef on Instagram a while ago. <laughs> there were- Ended really quick. Uh, th- what was that? Three semifinals in a row between those two U19 yeah. teams? That's... Yes. That 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 sort of sort of thing can create a bit of a grudge. We faced him even in the semifinals for U17. You 
Wait, in U17? Yes, in Dukes. Where? Oh, at Dukes. How did that go? We won. Yata got sick, so we didn't have anything else that day. Yata's their best player at the time. Interesting. And they, like, they had a lot of injuries. So the game was supposed to be cancelled, but they said we were playing. It was really confusing. Yeah, the, the, those games up there at that at that tournament, Duke's tourney, they they can be a bit weird because teams play many games in a short period of time. And there are injuries and people may get sick and all these types of things happen. And it can be an unpredictable tournament overall. But I think Tiros wins it a lot. I believe when they lost to us that, that season, it was the first time they lost in four years. Hmm. I don't... Yeah, I can't remember the exact history of all the Duke's tourney winners. I think... I think Tabby has, like... Uh, Tabby won a lot. I think they've got, like, three U17 golds or something like that, which is quite impressive. But that, that, that's an interesting tournament. Uh, unfortunately, it hasn't been played the last two years because of Corona. But hopefully it'll come back next year. And I think we'll try to cover that on this podcast. And I hope Is you it... bring me a coach. <laughs> you want to go as a coach? Yes, sir. Uh, we might be able to make that happen. I've been asking you to let me coach for like three years. And these tournaments, they keep getting canceled. Yeah. Not your fault. Yeah. I'm I'm the head coach for the Predators U17 team. And I have been for the last two years. And both years when the Duke's tourney got canceled, which which is quite sad because it's sort of the the biggest the Sort of the biggest it's like thing the you can do. of the you know seventeen. Yeah, it's the biggest thing you can do at the U seventeen levels, but level because and, they and, don't they don't play for a national title, so they only play in their regional series, which which is great. Don't get me wrong; you have the regional series and you compete with the local teams, and that's fun and all. But it's sort of lacking that element of a. A true champion and that's how Duke's tourney sort of got the rap of uh, that this is where we find out where the best youth teams are I want to see uh, I'm sad it got cancelled this year because I want to really see the U15 Limham team yeah that is they are a unit yeah they are very good their start starting D-line and offensive linemen are bigger than ours Oh, you're talking about our senior team? Yeah. Average 100 kilos. I think they're pretty comparable, actually. Which It's either a great thing or uh, quite sad that their linemen are the same size as ours. But we'll get there. Rest the game when they won like 80 to 0, 80 to 6, and they had their backup quarterback in the whole game. Oh, that was the game we rest, wasn't it? No. Yes, yes. Yeah, oh, we no. Rest. 
I think it was. Yeah, it was a touchdown for the first eight plays or something, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> anyway, we've gotten quite off topic here. And what do you say about rounding this podcast out for the day? Yeah, sounds great. Yeah, so we, we'd very much like to thank you all for listening to the very first episode of Gridirons of Europe podcast. And let's, I hope you tune up to the next episode. Thank yeah, you for watching. You. And you can find us on Spotify. Thank you and goodbye. Hi and welcome to episode one of the Gridirons of Europe podcast. My name is Andre and with me as always, my co-host Aside. Hi. And on today's episode, we are going to discuss the ELF expansion. We're going to discuss the reorganization of the Swedish Super Series and the recent announcement of a Scandinavian Cup. Let's so, get it. Yeah, starting off here. The ELF, where we left off with the ELF last year. I'm going to be the first to admit that my knowledge about the ELF is quite limited. I didn't really follow it last year. Me neither. I like just saw a few pictures of the championship game and wondered, like, what is this? I thought it was the GFL for the longest time. Then I realized it's like a new league. Yeah, so we're not really well-versed in the ELF as of yet. But this year, hopefully, we'll be actually following along, watching some games, and we can give some more in-depth commentary about it. But for those who are unfamiliar with the ELF, we're going to start with uh, discussing just briefly what happened last year, what the ELF is, and also the expansion that's taking place for next year. I know it was like an eight-team league, and they had a championship game that Frankfurt Galaxy won, I believe. I thought it was Hamburg who won. No, Hamburg lost in the finals. Oh. The I know, because the Galaxy has the Swedish guy, the Swedish linebacker. I follow him on Instagram. That why that's why I know. Oh, good dear. Yeah, I um blue player. Let's see, I'm gonna look this up. I'm pretty sure. The ELF twenty twenty one season. Yeah, so so last year was the very first season of the ELF. We can say that much at least. It was it's a very newly formed league. It's not NFL Europe to all the people who don't know. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. Frankfurt won last year. Okay. Interesting. Well, that just shows how much we know about this. Frankfurt beat Hamburg 32 to 30 in the championship game. And a close one. Yeah. So <clears throat> just briefly to walk through it here, they began as you just mentioned with uh, 
eight teams. They had six in Germany. Uh, so those two teams that made the final have the Hamburg Sea Devils and the Frankfurt Galaxy. Uh, plus they have a the, team in Poland and team in Spain. Yeah. So we got the Berlin Thunder, the Leipzig Kings, the Stuttgart Surge, and the Cologne Centurions in Germany. And then the Rokla Panthers in Poland and the Barcelona Dragons in Spain. And do you include in Turkey? The, those were the eight teams uh, the first year. Yeah. So yeah, g going into next season then, 2022, they're, they've added they've added another German team, the Rhine Fire, and also a, a Turkish team the Istanbul Rams, which recently signed a former teammate of yours aside. Noah Alstia. Yeah, he's he's a, a guy I've coached in the past. He played for the Predators growing up. I think he moved at age 16 or so, yeah, something like that. To the Rig Academy. Yeah, to the Rig program up in Uppsala. So we're very familiar with his story at least. So I, I think we'll be kind of secret, secretly or not so secretly anymore rooting a bit for this Istanbul team with Noah on it. Yeah. And Noah, it's weird. Why did they like include a team so far away? Yeah, I mean, you can ask that question of last year too, kind of, because that Barcelona team geographically is nowhere close to the German teams. It's like a logistic nightmare to travel there. Yeah, I, I don't... That might be a tough economic situation for those teams to be able to fly everyone out to Istanbul. Yeah, I don't know. But I think the teams have a lot of money. Because like the... I don't know what it's called. The price to start playing in the league is about a couple of million. So if you have that, I think you're good enough to trap. Yeah, you'd you'd hope so. It, it would be a shame if you can't actually go to the games for the travel cost for your team. Guys, uh, only starting eleven can go this game. No injury. That would be pretty bad. They're also adding two uh, Austrian teams, the uh, Schwarko Raiders Tyrol and the Vienna Vikings. And for those who are familiar with uh, European football as a whole, those names will sound familiar because these are the top, these have been the top two teams in Austria for quite some time. And they've played in other uh, international and other Europe-wide competitions. So those should be some familiar names, at least. Yeah, almost every team in the ALF is a rebadged or like the same team who played in another league. Yeah, lots of the teams that were formed uh, have the old NFL Europe names. I think they came to some sort of deal with the NFL to be able to use the NFL Europe name rights. Yeah, I believe Hamburg were one of them. And uh, Galaxies. Yeah, Frankfurt were definitely one. 
Yeah, because uh, Frankfurt, the the Frankfurt Universe team still exists. Oh, interesting. The the Barcelona team, I think, was also the Dragons when they were in NFL Europe. Or yeah, when yeah. there was a team in Barcelona in the NFL right. Europe. So yeah, for clarification, the NFL NFL Europe was a a league that was played in the late '90s and early 2000s, I believe, and it it folded somewhere in the mid to late 2000s. The aughts. Yeah, I don't really know a lot about NFL Europe. It was really before my time. Yeah, I I remember when I was younger seeing uh, seeing some of the the NFL Europe teams in in Madden in the Madden franchise and that that was quite quite fun to see. Yeah, you were able to play them in Madden, I believe. Yeah. It was back in what 2005ish maybe. I the, know. The, the Rhine Fire, what the new expansion team in Germany for 2022, that's also an NFL Europe name, I believe. I'm pretty sure of yeah, but it's really interesting. Like, it's a lot of fun because the league exploded this year. Like, it's all over social media. Yeah, and they've it's done like the third biggest league in the world now. They've done a very good job marketing it, I would say. Yeah, actually. But as 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 I said earlier, I I don't know much else about the league and. I can't really comment much on players or teams more than what we've done so far. No. I'd, I'm just wondering why they didn't include any Swedish teams. Uh, I don't know. Because, could could and, just uh, not have worked out. Because Europa Elites posted a post on Instagram and mentioned like Sweden is the third largest football country in Europe and still they didn't include it. It's kind of weird. Yeah, but but we we can't really be sure if that's uh, if that's something from the Swedish side, from the ELF side. The ELF might have wanted to include someone, but maybe Aww. we can't really know. But talks might have fallen through with certain teams, or maybe economic problems might have set. Because might I don't think like them. Stockholm has an economic problem to join the league. Maybe. I don't know. Because it would be like a bad logistics for them to travel. But I don't think money is the biggest issue. Maybe not. But then again, then you can go back to the team in Istanbul. Like that That's a hell of a travel. It's a lot closer to travel from like Stockholm to Hamburg than it is to travel from Istanbul. Yeah, you can travel by bus. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you can travel to Turkey with bus. I mean, it's it's probably doable, but I, I'm guessing everyone is going to fly out there. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a really great bus ride. <clears throat> no, you, you'd have to bus your way through all of the <laughs> Central Europe to get to any destination. That's, yeah, that it sounds sounds quite, awful. Quite the journey. Yeah. 
and even Spain. Yeah, the Istanbul is facing the dragons. Yeah, you've got the Mediterranean Sea between them and they gotta yeah. split the ocean, <laughs> split the sea, and go maybe, for the bus. Maybe, maybe they'll take some boat rides though for that. That might be interesting. Get a Mediterranean cruise while going to an away game. <laughs> uh, it sounds unplanned, I think. Yeah, if any of our listeners actually know more about the logistics of the league, you could uh, send us an email or tweet at us. Our email address is uh, gridironsofeurope at gmail.com. Or you can tweet at us. I think it's at gridironseurope on Twitter if you want to contact us. Or anybody like from the ELF, please contact us. It would be fun to have somebody here to interview. Yeah, for sure. If if anyone is interested in coming on as a guest at some point, we would definitely uh, be open to that. And now let's talk about my favorite subject, the Super Series. Oh, is it? Is it really? No. No? Okay. It's, okay. I believe it's really messed up. Like, they pushed up a couple teams that didn't deserve going up to the Super Series. Yeah, let, 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 let's set the stage for this here. The, the Super Series uh, is the top league of Swedish football. And for the last several years, it's been a, te- a league with only four teams. I think the last two or three seasons it's just been four teams and it's like a two team race for a hundred of years then Örebro came out of nowhere and won oh they've been they've been building something for quite some time there I'd say probably like Uppsala the... was only there to show up on game days oh that, that that's a bit harsh Uppsala they were in the Super Series for quite some time and they were a good team at some point. I think around 2013, 2014, that sort of area. Uppsala, they were a pretty darn good team. But uh, recently, yeah, I think it's been the last two years or so. They just have not been competitive at all. And uh, they decided to take a step down, which then left the Super Series with only three teams, which... I would argue you can't have a series with three teams. It, was a that, sh- it will be a shit show. And that sort of sets the stage for what's coming next here. Tell us what's coming next. Yeah. So this was almost two weeks ago. The Swedish Federation, SAF, they announced a series setup, I would call it. A series layout, maybe. Yeah. And and it surprised probably everyone when they announced this, that suddenly there were five new teams in the Super Series. Is it five? Uh, let's see, AIK, Teirasa, Kipan, Stagothenburg, and Limham. Yeah, that's that makes five. 
Oh. So yeah, oh, what, cool. what what they announced then was uh, they announced other series too, like the 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 women's super series uh, division one, both for men and women, and also the division two series. They announced all of all of these setups at once. But if we go back to the men's super series, then and Tirusa, Tirusa came too. Yeah. So they divided it up in two conferences with AIK, the Kalsta Crusaders, the Stockholm Mean Machines, and the Teilhuser Royal Crowns in the north, and the Gothenburg Marvels, Kupansta Predators, Limham Griffins, and the Blue Black Knights in the southern conference. I'm not sure, but how in the world will Gothenburg be able to compete with Urbru? Yeah, that, um, that's, so all the that, 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 that's a good discussion to have, but so, something I do want to bring up here is the fact that this this announcement, that it, it sort of came out of the blue because from what I understand, the the clubs here in Sweden actually cooperated quite well in trying to present and formulate an idea of how the clubs wanted the series to look. So that they communicated with one another and then they sent their sort of ideas to the board, the SAF board. And then without hearing any communication back from SAF and anyone from from the SAF board can come can contact us and defend themselves if they want or if they want to talk about this but they suddenly announced this series without actually communicating anything back to the clubs first and wait the club didn't even know and no and the this proposal then or this series layout announcement it isn't it isn't exactly as what the clubs wished for and some teams were left out, some teams were pushed too far down, some teams weren't exactly sure of wanting to be part of this new Super Series, yet they were included. So yeah, it's it's a bit of a mess, to be honest with you, and I'm not quite sure if the series is going to look exactly the way as it was announced. Because it feels really like weird. Because some teams didn't even win Division One, and they got up. Yeah, I mean, All who came to the semifinals of Division One didn't even get up. Yeah, it's weird because uh, Orlando they came to Kufansta and beat us in a playoff game, but they're yeah, really good. listed listed in Division One, and were the list, listed as a Super Series team here in Kufansta. Uh, and yeah, it's. It's all Gothenburg were the like second to last team in the Division One series, and they still yeah. got up. Yeah, in Division One South last season, uh, Gothenburg were third. I'm sorry. They had almost the same record as Helsingborg, the Jaguars, or uh, they call Red Bucks now. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't. 
think it's all that relevant. But at Gothenburg, they were third place last season in Division One. But I think I think the idea behind bringing them up is to have three teams moved up from the south at once. So you get Gothenburg, Kjuansta, and Limham joining at the same time. So we we sort of limit the traveling. Yeah, limit it limits traveling a bit. So you wouldn't have to travel to Kalsta to play. I would yeah. Uh, I know for one that Kolskiuga, they certainly wanted to play Super Series, but they were not included. I'm not exactly sure of the reasoning why. And let's see. Uppsala, they were sent all the way down to Division 2. But from my understanding, they wanted to be in Division 1. So the, the move there, I'm not sure, makes much sense either. Yeah, do they still have the same players that played for the Super Series team? It will be unfair for Division 2. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's it's odd. I yeah, it's weird. And I, I, I'm guessing we're going to see some changes coming within the next few weeks. But from what, what we've got to go by, we've got a super series divided into two conferences. The, my initial uh, reaction was that, oh wow, we're probably only going to be playing games within the conferences. But some other people I've heard think that it's going to be two games within conference and one game out of conference. So it, it hasn't exactly been specified how that would work, what the scheduling would look like. Um, Sounds like Suf just leaked out something by mistake, and then they didn't want to back up, back up on their words. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting to see whatever the next announcement is going to be about the series. Yeah, I don't know if it'll be like even competitive for a couple of teams. No, but I. I'm just going to say that I think a massive overhaul, some sort of change, was needed. Um, yeah, because of the Super Series. Yeah, you can't. You can't one, three teams. The teams that had the most imports. Like, for a while, it was like three, four imports that switched teams, and that team won. Yeah, I mean, the, the the imports play an, impor an important part in Swedish football. They sort, really of they sort of raise the level of the game, but you also can discuss some sort of competitive uh, and unfair balance competitively for uh, the clubs who can afford many imports compared to the clubs who are simply using yeah. Swedish players. Import? What? Do you know the rules about imports? Like how many you can have on the field at the same time? Uh, I'm not sure of the uh, European imports. But European Amer imports doesn't count. Americans, I think yeah. it's North Americans, Canadians, US Americans, and Mexicans, I think, count within that designation. 
you can have a maximum of three on the roster and two on the field at once in the Super Series. And there's no limitation, I believe, for the lower series. But who's having like four imports in Division One? Yeah, but it's just a thing to note that you can have more, but in the lower series, but it's not really relevant. I, I, and I'm, I assume that's why the rule is only in place for the Super Series. Yeah, it's like because we had an import this year, Miles, but we we could not afford another one. Yeah, in Kijuansta, we've had a coach and a player uh, this past season. So That's two, two people within the team. Uh, and I, I, I don't know if we we may be able to for, afford another one. I can't really speak to uh, the exact economy of the club. We don't have like uh, Stockholm Me Machines money. I know that. Yeah, prob- probably. They have at least one position coach for every position. Yeah, we certainly do not have that in Kansas. We have uh, one coach. <laughs> no, we have. Three. We have a couple. Like in we had a couple coaches because you and Nick coached also. Yeah, so I, I think what, what was this the senior coaching staff the past season? It was it was Joshua Kofed, our head coach, uh, Canadian guy. Uh, it was Tyson Gillen. He was an assistant coach on offense. Uh, our quarterback was also the offensive coordinator. And uh, my brother, actually, Nicholas Palson, he was the offensive line coach. So, three coaches and one playing coach? Three and a half. Pretty good. Which, yeah, I, I, that can probably look a lot different from team to team. Yeah, the Super Series team usually has more coaches. Yeah, which is also to be preferred. Like you, you want a position coach for each position, and they got they got a lot much more money. Yeah, I think I think Stockholm they've been able to bring in uh, multiple European imports plus two or three Americans pretty much every year. Yeah, they had Alpha for a while when they won last time. I believe they have a couple D linemen. I, I haven't they, haven't they also haven't they also had quite a few uh, I think it's Serbians they've brought over a few sometimes oh. but I can tell you it's not a lot of Stockholm players on the national team it's like it's a lot of imports okay on the Swedish national team it's a lot of imports there yeah like unfair because like a guy like Miles, who we had, that put focus on whole his life on football, facing a guy who had a full time job, only playing for fun. It's like a weird, weird level yeah. of. Comp- I mean, it it creates a bit of a different dynamic, but it, I think it can work. Yeah, if you have a good surroundings cast. 
<laughs> but but so then if we actually get back to the super series for 2022 then uh if if my idea is correct and we're only playing teams within the conference then that would put uh, the the Yotaboy Marvels, Gothenburg Marvels, Kifansta Predators, Limham Griffin. So three teams moving up from Division One with and the Tiros. with the reigning national champions of Abreu in the south. Uh, and in the north, it would bring up AIK and Teirosa, who would compete with Kalsta and Stockholm, who have both been in the in the title race for a national championship for what the past twenty years. Yeah, Kalsta has been dominating. Yeah, they they, they had two in a row. I think they had seven in a row at one point. Uh, then, then Stockholm got one. Costa got another, got one back, and then I think it was Stockholm again. And now yeah, it was like a two-team. They win one, they lose one. Yeah, it was a bit like that for the last few years. No, before, I think it's more competitive now. Won. What? I think it's more competitive now when you have like Tirusa was stacked last year. <clears throat> yeah, that that might be one of the most interesting teams going into next year, because we had that. Yeah, we had in Division One for Tyrosa. They brought in a whole bunch of players, former Super Series guys, uh, many guys, many guys who had won Swedish championships in the past, uh, and. And they, they were pretty dominant, if I remember correctly. Didn't they win like 40-something against Orlando? Yeah, they did. Let me tell you, Orlando was a good team. Yeah. But I, I saw like, they got like a couple of receivers back. Yeah. What's interesting about this, too, is that the Tyrosa roster many many of those players that they got for the 2021 season they were former Tyrosa players who had gone elsewhere like i know they had a running back who who'd played in Colsta recently uh, they had several guys who had, who had played for the mean machines at the d lineman who played the the, the gladiator guy yeah, Nogo. I think he he played with the Mean Machines recently. Um, we got Kevin, the receiver. Yeah, Toyosa guy originally. He played for well, he played for Kalsta a bit, but Toyosa guy originally. So yeah, it, it, it's interesting how they brought a lot of guys back and also built on that roster with outside guys. Yeah, I don't and, know how they got all these players back for one season. No, I don't know either. But it sounds like, from 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 what I can tell, that's pretty much the roster they're going to have next year as well. And if those guys come prepared, hell, they might be able to keep compete for a championship the first year back in the yeah. Super Series. And they may be getting Alexander back. Uh, Alexander, no Kennedy, U nineteen running back. Yeah. I, he hasn't actually played in the Super no, not, Series as of yet, so no, 
not really yeah. someone coming back yeah. in that way. Yeah, but he played for their team. Yeah, uh, well, we'll get to some U19 stuff later on. Um, the Nordic Cup or the Scandinavian Cup. I don't really understand. There was nothing else you wanted to say, say about the Super Series here? Really not. No. Do uh, you? Yeah, I, I, something I find kind of interesting is they put Örebro in the south with three teams coming up from Division 1. I and don't know. <laughs> they want Örebro back in that championship game. Yeah, I mean... They, I, I've seen people saying online that, oh, Europe is probably the happiest team about this. And, oh, Europe, they've got a, a, a free uh, place in the semifinal and all this. And Not sure. Not negative, I, they have a point. I, yeah, to a point, I'm like, yeah, I'm, it's it's but a weird situation. It's a great put. team. Juanta, a good team. But against Europe, they are stacked. Yeah, it, 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 it's. I think people have a bit of a point when they say that Obu, they kind of got a freebie here. But I also think people are underestimating these teams coming up from Division 1 a bit. Because if we look at how Division 1 has been the last few years, it's been really competitive and it's been good football and the biggest reason why those teams weren't in the super series was because they they these teams didn't want to move up and for a variety of reasons but most of these teams i believe in the recent years of division one could have compete competed in the super series so it'll yeah, be like the two years ago could have competed and probably won yeah, that team in the playoff two years ago was absolutely stacked. Didn't you win like 60-something against Tirsa? Uh Let's see, we had a... Yeah, I think we had a 50-point victory in in the quarterfinal and then a 50-point victory in the semifinal. And then I think the final was a bit more competitive, but it was still still something like four-possession win or something like that. Yeah, Olanda had a, also a great team. They came back with that game. Yeah, it, that was a that was a great game, actually. They so, have yeah, the best Division One quarterback, so... Yeah, he, he, they've got a good QB there. It's uh, Victor's a yeah, pretty, pretty young guy. I think he's only, what, 21 or something like older that? Than me. Yeah, he's one year older than me. Yeah. He's pretty good. I th- I don't know. Did he start against Italy? Uh, no, Phil played against Italy. This this is the European Championship game we uh, brought up now. That was played recently in Malmö between Sweden and Italy. Not a great day for Sweden. That was a great day for Italy, though. How much did they lose by? Oh, I can't remember, but they it was it was pretty embarrassing. Rough as a Swede. It was I think it was like 
30 or 4. I think it was 30 points at halftime. And then Sweden played a lot better in the second half, but it was way too late. Didn't the coach give them that do something speech? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. If we, we can try to get BD Kennedy to listen to this podcast and he can tell us himself. I hope so. BB Kennedy, please come to our podcast. So, so yeah, we're, we're going to see Gothenburg, Krifansta, Limham potentially battle it out with the national champions last uh, from this past season. And that's that's going to be interesting to follow. But speaking of then they and some other Swedish teams, they have uh, been announced as part of a new Nordic league or cup of sorts. Is it before the Super Series season or after? Yeah, so this is something interesting. Uh, This was uh, about six days ago, so about a week ago, slightly less. Uh, It was announced that there was going to be a new Nordic League set to launch as a Scandinavian Cup in 2022. That's directly quoted from... uh, Seth's page and it's yeah it's gonna be teams in from Denmark two teams from Denmark I think the gold diggers I think yeah the Soload gold diggers and the AAB 89ers I'm not familiar with that team actually me neither I know the gold diggers yeah, you played uh, Gold Diggers U19 team a few years ago, right? Unfortunately, yeah. Uh, and then the Christian Sun gladi- Gladiators from Norway. The Guess Oslo who their quarterback is. I will get to that. The Oslo Vikings from Norway. And what's that? Eidsvoll 1814s? Are the Norwegian teams? <laughs> I've, I've not heard of them before either. The Oslo Vikings I've heard of and the Gladiators I've heard of, but Eidsvoll I have not. They may be like put, put two teams together. They started a new team or something. Or I'm going to guess the 1814s. It's got to have some sort of historical relevance to that region of Norway. But if we can get some Norwegian listeners, perhaps someone from Eidsvold, they could tell us what the story behind, behind the name is. Uh, yeah. And then the, the Swedish teams that are going to take part in this is the reigning champions, Obu, Black Knights, and then also the Mean Machines and the Costa Crusaders. So the top three teams in the Super Series. Yeah, the essentially the remaining teams in the Super Series from last season's Super Series. I wonder if like teams will focus on the cup more than the super series. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I I had a brief uh, Twitter dialogue with the head coach from Kristiansand Gladiators. It's a Swedish coach, Leo Bilgren, and he said that Norway they play in the fall their normal series. So this cup will not disturb their season at all. So they can put full focus onto the Scandinavian Cup, which will be played oh. during the spring. Uh, 
but I'm not sure how the Swedish teams are going to manage this because from what I can understand, the the Super Series is going to be played, what, from like April to June, July, something like that. And it's essentially the same the same time as the Scandinavian Cup is going on. Okay, so I think like Urubru will put in their Division One team against us and the other teams, and they, like the Super Series team will play the Nordic. No, I, I think the Scandinavian Cup is just going to be something completely separate, and they're and scheduling wise, I guess they're just going to intersperse these games sort of on bye weeks or move around scheduling so that they play these games on weekends where they're not playing Super Series games and so forth. That's I hope so, because it will destroy the Super Series. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because what, what will that do to the competitive balance for these teams? Because if you have a Super Series team like or the Predators or Limham or anyone else playing only their Super Series games, but then these teams going off and they have, what is that, four extra games? Yeah. That's a lot of extra games compared to the other teams. Imagine the travel, like from Stockholm to the Goldigers home field, it's it's a bit. Yeah. An hour drive? Yeah, but uh, I think that's manageable. It's not that much more than, I don't know, from our southern teams going to play like in Uppsala or something like that. It's not that big of a difference. No, but if you're playing two games in the same weekend. No, that's what I'm saying. I don't think they're going to do that. Which then begs the question, how are they going to be able to puzzle together these schedules to make sure that that doesn't happen? I don't know if they could. Let's see. It it says in this article here, the Scandinavian Cup will consist of two groups. Group A, having Denmark's AAB 89ers and Soloed Goldbiggers, along with the Kristiansand Gladiators from Norway, and Sweden's Old Blue Black Knights. In Group B, Norway's Uslu Vikings, Eidsvall 1814s, the Mean Machines, and the Crusaders. Okay. So you got four teams in each of these groups. Uh, each team will play the other team in its group, starting on the weekend of April 30th, May 1st. The winner of each group will be playing in the championship game. Uh, okay, so I'm going to assume they play each other once. So that's three extra games for the teams who won't be playing in the Scandinavian Cup final. Doesn't doesn't sound that bad, but no, perhaps three, yeah, three extra teams to plan for. So yeah, it, it's going to be a lot of extra work for those teams. But I think I think most of those organiza- organizations are good enough to to manage that. Yeah, I believe so. B- back to the Chris, the, the Norwegian team. Guess who co- their quarterback is? Yeah, it's actually a guy I'm pretty familiar with it's Dennis, Dennis he played U19 uh, in Toulouse a, a few years ago I remember yeah, he... my, my my teams played against them let's see once and then 
when I wasn't a unit. My first year out of U19, they played Tailosa again. We won against them in the semifinals. Yes. Oh, and then you guys we played did. against Tailosa one more time. Yes. So yeah, in the semifinal, they kicked our ass. Dennis had like five touchdowns that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they had a really good U nineteen year that season. They won that year. Yeah, they did. Uh, yeah, th there's quite the history between the Predators and the Toyota Royal Crowns when it comes to yep. facing off in semifinals in U19 football at this point. You had, yeah, we, we had a beef on Instagram a while ago. <laughs> there were, Ended really quick. Uh, th what was that? Three semifinals in a row between those two U19 yeah. teams? That's... Yes. That 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 sort of sort of thing can create a bit of a grudge. We faced them even in the semifinals for U17. You wait in U17. Yes, in Dukes. Where? Oh, at Dukes. How did that go? We won. Yata got sick, so we didn't have anything else that day. Yata's their best player at the time. Interesting. And they, they, like, they had a lot of injuries. So the game was supposed to be cancelled, but they said we were playing. It was really confusing. Yeah, the, the, those games up there at that at that tournament, Duke's tourney, they, they can be a bit weird because teams play many games in a short period of time. And their injuries and people may get sick and all these types of things happen and it can be an unpredictable tournament overall but I think Teros wins it a lot I believe when they lost to us that, that season it was the first time they lost in four years hmm I don't yeah I can't remember the exact history of all the Duke's tourney winners I think I think Tabby has like uh Everyone a lot. I think they've got like three U17 golds or something like that, which is quite impressive. But that, that that's an interesting tournament. Uh, unfortunately, it hasn't been played the last two years because of Corona. But hopefully it'll come back next year. And I think we'll try to cover that on this podcast. And I hope is you bring coach. <laughs> you want to go as a coach? Yes, sir. Ah, uh, we might be able to make that happen. I've been asking you to let me coach for like three years. And these tournaments, they keep getting canceled. Yeah, not your. Yeah, I'm I'm the head coach for the Predators U17 team, and I have been for the last two years, and both years when. The Duke's tourney got cancelled, which, which is quite sad because it's sort of the, the biggest, the, sort of the biggest it's like thing. The you can do. of the, you know, seventeen. Yeah, it's the biggest thing you can do, at the U seventeen levels, but level because and, they and, don't they don't play for a national title, so they only play in their regional, series, which, which is great. Don't get me wrong, you have. The regional series and 
you compete with the local teams and that's fun and all but it's sort of lacking that element of a a true champion and that's how duke's tourney sort of got the rap of uh that this is where we find out where the best youth teams are i want to see uh, i'm sad it got canceled this year because i want to really see the u15 limham team yeah that is they are a unit team. yeah they are very good their start starting d-line and offensive linemen are bigger than ours oh you're talking about our senior team yeah average 100 i think they're pretty comparable actually which it's either a great thing or uh, quite sad that their linemen are the same size as ours, but we'll get there. Rest the game when they won like 80 to 0, 80 to 6, and they had their backup quarterback in the whole game. Oh, that was the game we rest, wasn't it? No. Yes, yes. Yeah, oh, we no. I think it was. Yeah, it was a touchdown for the first eight plays or something, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> anyway, we've gotten quite off topic here. And what do you say about rounding this podcast out for the day? Yeah, sounds great. Yeah, so we, we'd very much like to thank you all for listening to the very first episode of Gridirons of Europe podcast. And let's, I hope you tune up to the next episode. Thank you for watching. And you can find us on Spotify. Thank you and goodbye.